In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Hi, all. Nicole here. This podcast is intended to inspire you on your personal spiritual journey to inner peace. I am not a psychologist or a medical doctor and do not offer any professional health or medical advice. This applies to the podcast guests and or co-hosts. If you are suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified health professional. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Mysticism. Hi, Psychic listeners. Welcome to another episode of A Psychic Story. For this episode, I have Taylor Page. She is an internationally recognized intuitive, sought-after celebrity angel reader, spiritual teacher, and the owner of Angels and Amethyst, where she offers both angel and birth chart readings, as well as private events and workshops, and currently has a waiting list that extends into 2024. Her mission is to connect as many people as possible to the wisdom and guidance of their angelic guides. She is completely self-taught and led by the angelic realm. Her sole intention is to help her clients connect with their angels and ultimately their highest self. Welcome to A Psychic Story, Taylor. Thank you for having me. Well, this is one of my favorite topics is angels <laughs> because I've been with them. They've been with me my whole life ever since I was little, but I would love to hear your stories and experiences and what got you to where you are today. So please share. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think that like many people who are born with the dial turned up on their psychic abilities, especially if you were born in the 90s or the 80s when maybe there was a little less awareness without social media that there is today, I really learned to fear, um, fear those gifts. And I didn't see them as gifts. And so my mom was actually an astrologer and I was raised in like a very spiritually open household. I was raised Jewish, but my mom was very spiritual. And so um, when I was younger, It was strange because even though I had this open family dynamic where I could talk about it, somehow little me didn't have the language to describe what I was experiencing or seeing. And even as an adult now, when I'm going through hard stuff, isolation or isolating is kind of my Scorpio (laughs) tendency. And so when I was younger, I would really just hold it in and be so scared. And basically every night I would feel clairsentience is one of my strongest clairs and I would just feel the presence of different energies around me like sitting on my bed brushing by my hands like 
standing in the doorway. I could just feel all of these things. And so it terrified me as a kid. And I would blast the Jim Dale Harry Potter narration in my bedroom every single night. Now, like Jim Dale's voice is so nostalgic for me. (laughs) And I was just so scared. And so basically that led into adulthood, me saying, I don't want it. If I can't see it with the regular five senses, I don't want to be aware of it. And I completely shut down. And that led me on to a very tumultuous journey in my 20s where I pursued a career path that wasn't in alignment. I was in a toxic, abusive relationship for most of my 20s. My health was awful. I was just spiritually blindfolding myself. These things that were here to be my GPS, I completely cut off that limb of myself because I was so scared. And in cutting off the fearful side of things, I also cut off the benevolent side of things. And that's why I'm so drawn to angels, because that was my first welcome back. I hit this rock bottom moment at 25. And I think 25 is such a pre-Saturn return moment where so many of us hit these big crossroad points in our lives. And I find it so fascinating that 25 is the age that our brain is fully developed. So that also kind of brings online. It's almost as if like those Claritin clear commercials, like the peeling off of the layer and everything's bright. It was almost (laughs) as if I had been living in this passive victim mode my whole life. And when I hit 25, I was like, no more. And so that is when I connected with my angels again. I actually put a call out to the universe and was like, I need help. Like, It just got worse and worse through my 20s where I would feel presences around me and I was getting like sleep paralysis and I was just terrified. And so I even it would go so far as to like feel like someone was choking me and that I couldn't and like someone was pinching my eyelids and I couldn't open my eyelids no matter how hard I tried. Like it was really intense experiences. And so finally I put a call out and I was like, I need help. And from there, Three psychics actually found me. (laughs) Wow. Um, One of them, I just got the call to go to this coffee shop. I'm from Ojai. That's my hometown. And I got the call to go to this coffee shop. And it was just a lady in there and me. And she ended up being a psychic and telling me a bunch of stuff that I needed to hear. And then another psychic was from a family friend. And she ended up coming over to my house. And I was like, perfect, like clear the spirits, help me get peace. And what I didn't expect was for her to lead me through a guided meditation. I was like, no, you're supposed to be doing this. And so she led me through this guided meditation. And I ended up seeing my grandpa in my house, which was really interesting because I only saw black and like by the time I was born, he had gray hair and I only saw black and white photos of him. And I thought he had brown hair. But like when I saw his spirit in front of me, it was like dark, dark brown, almost black. And my mom confirmed that. And that was really cool. And so part of that meditation was like clearing out the spirits in my house, but, you know, sending them to the light, but also inviting my angels back in. And that was like one of the most powerful and defining crossroad moments of my life. And I remember when I called them in, I just started sobbing, which is really common in my readings as well for people to sob when they feel that level of unconditional love. And I felt almost like they were crying through me of happiness at being invited in as well. And so from there, I basically started working with my angels. I was gifted a deck of oracle cards back when I was like 17. 
And I started working with those again. I kind of always like worked with them on and off. And then I started giving readings for my mom and my best friend at the time. And they started just kind of really the messages. It just felt like breathing in a sense. I'm completely self-taught. And from there, it felt so scary. But at the time, I was a writer living in Studio City. I was living in a studio in Studio City. And I wanted to be a comedy writer. And I just got this download, like this Saturn return pre-download that was like, sell your couch. You don't need that. And make a reading area in there. And so I sold my couch. I met somebody off of Craigslist in an alley. And thank goddess, I'm still alive. (laughs) And um, from there, I made a little reading area. And it was so cute. I had a tapestry of of the star tarot card. And I put the call out on Facebook, like, hey, I'm practicing. And anybody who wants a free reading, come to me for a whole year. And so for one whole year, so many people ended up coming to me because I was in the comedy world. I was in the acting world. I was in a restaurant world. And I just knew so many people that were open to this stuff. And LA is a very open place. And so So many people started coming in and then they told their friends and then they told their friends. It was all based off of referral. And it just exploded in a way that I never imagined for myself, but it aligned in a way that acting and writing never did. It felt like with acting and writing, I was like trying to force myself through this like closed door. And with this, it's just been green light and flow. And yeah, just it. that's the start of it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Wow. What a story. Uh, So a couple questions from that. So when you had those experiences in your room, for example, and you kind of put out the call to the universe and then that one psychic came to help clear it, was it people who had passed over or was it other things? What now looking back and what you know, what was happening and what was going on there? Yeah, it was definitely people who had passed and were attracted to my light and wanted to get messages. But because I was fearful, I was attracting Mm -hmm. fearful experiences. With that, I think I also was attracting shadow people and they were really scaring me as well. Um, Just kind of those like gray mass entities that you kind of see from the corner of your eyes Mm -hmm. that are kind of attracted to those lower vibrational energies. And I was so in that. And so I find that a lot of people, if they're going through hard times, it's really good to keep your energetic walls and boundaries up in your own house because sometimes you know houses can just be a sponge for our energy and we can kind of attract like spiritual type of gunky matter we think we're safe we think we're safe in our own homes and when we're not thinking (laughs) about it energetically right yeah and we are safe if we Mm -hmm. decide we are but if we're disempowered we attract that experience to validate that Mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean i remember distinctly at the time, I was working as a waitress, and my one of my friends at the restaurant also worked a retail job, and there was somebody who just lost their life at that job. And that night, I was getting ready for bed, and that lady came to me in my apartment because she knew I could reach the other coworker that we had in common. And I get chills talking about it, but it was really intense. And at the time, I was still too scared to get the message or talk to her. And so I was like, go, you have to go. Just like, okay, then I'm going to this other girl. I won't say her name. And then that other girl called me five minutes later and woke up from a dead sleep dreaming of her. And so really intense things. And then there's also like a spirit of a heavy man 
who would sit in my computer chair and it would creak and swivel at night. And I saw him in a bowler hat watching me while I was trying to sleep. You had some intense experiences. Yes. And mediumship is such a beautiful gift. Like it, it's not scary. But what I didn't realize at the time is that the most powerful thing in that apartment was me. I was so scared of everything else, but we're physical beings on a physical plane. Like the amount of energy it takes a spirit to like move one little thing an inch is like astronomical. Whereas we're in physical bodies and can just pick things up, put things down, move around. It's like, this is our domain. And we forget that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And simply remembering that and knowing that is already going to attract higher vibrational energy to you. I love that you said that because that's a very powerful, important message for people to hear and just know that we do have, and because we have free will and choice and our intentions when we put them out there are so powerful as well um, for all of that. Now, my other question is, so when you started to call back in your angels and you had that experience, you mentioned weeping and, and feeling them weep through you and you both were very happy or all of you were very happy to be reconnected. What other types of experiences then and or now do you have with angels how do they show up for you? And also not just for you, but like for your clients too, like how does it differ? I'm sure different people have different experiences. Yeah. So our angels, um, I think about them less in a biblical sense and more in an energetic sense. And for me, angels are the messengers of the soul and they are um, attuned to the frequency of our higher self. So the whole point of our angel's guidance is to help us remember who we are and realign with our highest possible timeline and our highest self. And so everybody's angel shows up however we experience pure joy. So that's going to be different for every single person. So, you know, if you're somebody who loves to read, your angels will send you curiosity and they might send you books where you can practice bibliomancy. Um, If you're somebody who loves the ocean, your angels ask, want you to swim with them in the ocean, do the things that light you up. The language of angels is joy. And so when we are in our joy, it raises our frequency to a place where we can better understand their messages and get downloads. Angels as a force of pure unconditional love, one of their only rules, quote unquote, even though I hate that word because it's so limiting, is free will. And so that's how they show that they truly love us as well, is that they honor our free will. And so our angels are always with us, but we have to choose if we're going to be with them. And for a long time, I chose no, because I was completely closed off. And how do you, uh, I guess, experience them? Do you see them physically? Is it primarily in your mind's eye? You mentioned the the yeah. feeling, right, of being able to physically feel and sensing. So I'm, I'm assuming that's also a piece of it. Yes. So... At the beginning of my sessions, we I have my sitters repeat after me a prayer out loud to call their angels in, and I immediately feel their presence entering the room. I see colors around them. I do get the message from them that in this state, I couldn't really look upon their true form or it would be too much. Like it would just be too intense, too bright. Like we don't have the capacity. I think it's kind of how we aren't really meant to understand all of the secrets of the universe. We're meant to experience this reality and fully embody it. And like angels are kind of in the category of something too big to understand. Mm -hmm. But there are these moments when we raise our vibration enough where we can see the tip of the iceberg with how beautiful they are. And so, yeah, in my sessions, I can feel them. 
Claire Buance was my second Claire to come online. Well, technically Claire Cognizance was. Feeling and knowing came together first for me. Mm-hmm. And then Claire Buance developed and then Claire Audience. And so, and then occasionally Claire Gustance, which is always weird. <laughs> which is the taste. Yeah, I've never gotten that. Or at least if I have, I don't know what that would be like. So that would definitely be weird. (laughs) For me, like sometimes in readings, past loved ones come through, which I think are different than our angels, even though everybody has a different definition for angels. For me, they are a different force because angels have never been human before in my experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And Claire Gaston's like comes in like, I feel a grandma. Oh, I'm tasting apple pie. Like, yeah, that was her favorite recipe. Things like that, you know? Nice. (laughs) But it is weird. Or like, I'm tasting cigarette smoke. Like, yeah, they were a smoker, you know? Yeah. No, I I think you and I are on the same page or the same wavelength as far as angels as a whole, because, you know, the way I've experienced it, there are two archangels that were born and incarnated on earth, but there's only two out of like the 12. But yes, they haven't been here in human form uh, before. And so there's that just, that's why I think we, we consider that angelic presence and what that is like and how they can help guide us from that other side. And I, they've explained it to me that they're like our team, right? So we can do things here on earth that they can't do and vice versa. And as a result, that's, that's what makes it so powerful and empowering. But I agree with you. I've always also been told from Michael, my archangel is that it is our loved ones is like the support, the reassurance, that sort of thing. And they still may be by our side, but because they were human and they still have a little bit of ego, not on the other side, but when they were here, that's harder for them to necessarily guide us. I am curious about your perspective on guardian angels and what how they kind of like fall into to that mix. Yeah, so I believe that angelic energy it's really uh, tempting as humans to fully categorize and label and box. But what I've gotten from my angels and the angelic frequency that I've fell into is that angelic energy is truly ineffable. So even saying like, I have three angels and one is pink and one is yellow and one is blue, like that is limiting and that's kind of filtering and anthropomorphizing something that is so much bigger than our brain can understand. And so I believe that guardian angels are just part of the angelic energy that is our angelic team. And so I think it's really tempting to be like, every person has two guardian angels, one that watches their front, one that watches their back. Everybody has, you know, this and that. But in reality, it's more of this amorphous presence of pure love and connection that just is there to listen and be a guiding force for good in moments when we start to lose sight of who we really are. That's one of the best explanations I think I've heard. (laughs) Because, you know, a lot of people too, when they ask, okay, well, who are my angels and what are their names and all of that? It's, um, it's hard because it's, it's not BS, right? It's like when I tap into it, they say it's similar things where it's, it's like the, the gender and or who they are as far as their name and all of that is not as important to them as it is to us humans to define what they are. But really is, as you mentioned, that energetic connection and the why they're here to help us hold space. And like you said, even to just be in alignment with our higher self and our true purpose and what that looks like, um, that connection to the divine, right? Yeah. And if you think about it, when we pass, who are we really? Are we still our name? Are we still our job? Are we still the story of who we are? All of that actually kind of comes from ego, wanting to feel safe and have labels and 
angelic frequency is just kind of like we don't have labels. Like even the word angel is slightly limiting to us. Like we are, it's hard for us to conceive, but I find, you know, in the Bible, in the Torah, in all of these religions, we anthropomorphize and personify the divine because it's how we understand it. But in actuality, there's a certain level of just letting go of the reins and saying the who isn't important. The what is, the why is, and to kind of trust fall back into that feeling. Yes, absolutely. I'd love to hear from you. You mentioned, um, you know, some ways that you connect, like you, the meditation that you walk people through when they come to you. What are some other ways that if people want to connect with their guides and angels, first and foremost, for me, like you said, it is all about giving them that permission and asking and being open to receiving their energy and or messages that they have for us, but would love to hear what, what you do and also any tips that people can use on their own. Yeah. So the very first baseline is inviting your angels in. And I always recommend doing that out loud, especially if you're new to this work, because the amount of resistance you have to speaking to your angels out loud will show you the amount of shadow you have around healing and um, kind of being able to receive these psychic messages yourself. And also the amount of witch wounds that you might carry with fear of, you know, looking silly or being persecuted or being otherized for your spiritual beliefs. So speaking out loud is such a beautiful way to start as a beginner. And as you get more advanced, you can speak to them in your mind. And then from there, I recommend all of my students have a miracle journal because there it's part of human nature to immediately forget who we are. And that's why kids come in so tapped in. And then as the progression of labels get put onto them, schooling gets put onto them, as they move forward, they forget who they are. They stop seeing things. They start identifying with the stories of who they are, of who they tell themselves that they are. And so it's so important when you have a sign from your angels, a synchronicity, which is synchronicity is the language of really the divine and spirit and how they communicate with us. It's a huge way. And so as you get these kind of huge moments, in the moment, you're like, I'll never forget this. This is amazing. I asked for a white butterfly and then a white butterfly landed on my finger. And then I saw angel number 111. Wow. And then five days later, you're like, am I even supported? Do I have angels? Like, I don't know. Did and I so, make that up? Was that really a sign? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. And so journal those experiences because even the frequency of what you experience will be held in those words. And it's a quick way when you reread them to attune yourself again to the place of miracles and gratitude. And so really writing down and documenting your journey is going to blow you away because even years later, when you go back and look, you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot half of this stuff, you know? But in the moment, it was like so crazy that it happened. Um, and so that's definitely really important. And then asking your angels for a specific sign. I find that oftentimes people are very passive in their connection with their angels, but it really takes two to have a relationship. And so you don't have to kind of be on the sidelines waiting. You can ask your angels, like, for example, a sign that I asked for my angels to mean that I was on the right path was a purple heart. And so that creep that 
lobs the ball up for your angels to just hit out of the park when you give them specific things like that. And when I first started dating my now husband, he didn't know this, but the day he asked me to be his girlfriend, he gave me this purple amethyst heart. And I had no, he had no idea about that. And so that was a big yes from my angels. And so it takes time as well. I find that people get so discouraged and down on themselves when it comes to psychic skills. It's almost as if they, if they don't like hit a home run the first time, they think they have no aptitude when in reality we all do. And it just takes time and practice. And it's like, I always say the first time Shaq picked up a basketball, he might, he wasn't Shaq, you know, it takes discipline. It takes, and spiritual arts are no different. And so I think setting aside time each day to meditate, to journal, to pull a card from your angels. I'm a huge fan of working with cards that just sets you up for success and it will get easier and easier and your skills get more honed as you go on. Yes. And also when you were talking about in the very beginning, when you called in your angels and you were feeling them, that emotion, right? To It wasn't just the physical sensation, but the emotion. And one where when I hear from people that well, am I doing it right? Am I receiving messages? I don't feel connected. Uh, some of my guides and angels had said, well, ask them to actually start to notice how they're feeling in certain moments because they can't always, or we may not always be open necessarily to see the physical signs, but as a human being and also as a spiritual being, that feeling and the emotion tends to be at least a frequency I find that they can connect with us even more. So I don't know if you have um, a perspective on that either. No, I completely agree with you. And that's a great point. And I think that in all areas of life, especially in my client sessions, I see people operating from blocked crown and heart chakras. And so oftentimes, when we are trying to connect psychically, but we're coming from an overthinking crown place, it is harder to connect with our angels because we're second guessing, we're questioning, we're talking ourselves in and out, our own voice is talking over our angel's voice. And so I think a practice of coming back to the heart, feeling our feelings. So many people are in a state of fight or flight these days, especially since 2020. And we've all undergone so much trauma since 2020, collectively and individually. Um, And so much change has been happening that I think a lot of us have in our heart space, this rubber band ball of emotions that even makes it sometimes hard to know what we're feeling. And so I feel like that's a whole other practice of getting out of your head and into your heart to really register your emotions and to feel safe enough to feel your feelings. But that's actually such a good point because one of the main things I tell my students is ask your angels what a yes feels like in your body and ask your angels what a no feels like in your body because our bodies are our biggest divining tools. Oh, that's great. I never really thought about it that that way, like to ask the, how does a yes feel to me? How does a no feel to me on all levels? Because it could be whether that is from your higher self and you're tuning into your own energy and frequency or whether it's like part of that divine energy, which I know it's all connected, but you get what I'm saying, like to kind of help distinguish it too. Because I find in working with angels that certain ones definitely have, I don't want to say personalities as much as like energetic <laughs> differences. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can definitely feel and know who's around when they show up and I'm, and I'm aware of that shift in frequency and energy. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Especially the archangels, they all come through in really different ways. And people's individual angels come through in different ways too. And one of the biggest ways that they communicate with us is using our own 
um, heightened senses. So if you're like a auditory learner and you love music and you listen to things like they might communicate clairaudiently, but if you're more of a visual person and you like this things, they might be more clairvoyant. So they really, you don't have to like the path to angelic connection is just leaning into your authentic self, not comparing yourself to anyone else, but really leaning into what feels good to you. Yes. No, I love that. And it's absolutely true. I'm feeling led to ask you this question, which is what are your favorite ways to work with the angels for yourself? And also what are maybe some of the favorite ways or suggested ways you, you mentioned a few already for other people as well. Um, but you personally favorite ways to work with them. So at this point, you know, I've been on this path since 2016. Uh, so I feel like it's become a little bit more blurred lines, my practices with them. So I'm talking to them throughout the day. I'm getting messages. I'm in client sessions all day. It's like, it's just a part of my life. But especially at the beginning of this path, I, and I still do this, uh, I've been going through kind of a tough period since 2021. And so my own practices have kind of slipped because I haven't had the capacity for them. But when I was in a really high vibe place, I would give myself a birthday reading each year. And that was one of my favorite things to do and ask my angels, you know, what they want me to know. What's my theme for the year ahead? And actually, the year I met my husband, they told me my soulmate was around me this year if I made the free will choice to put myself out there. So that was really beautiful. Every night before bed, I thank my angels and I tried to go to sleep from a state of gratitude, no matter what happened that day or how tough it was. I really uh, try to end the day that way and let that carry me into the dream world. You know, I lost my mom in 2021 and that has been a huge blow. She was my best friend. And so that that's part of the reason that a wrench has been thrown in my system of what I have capacity for and what I don't. And working with archangels has actually stepped in as a really powerful force after that, specifically Archangel Zadkiel has come through a lot for me in this beautiful purple light of forgiveness and healing and release. And that's an Archangel presence that I feel is so uplifting and they're all uplifting, gentle, comforting, and has helped me a lot on my grief journey. That's beautiful. And what would you say, I guess, uh, what I'm, you mentioned Zach heals for release. Uh, what are maybe some other archangels in particular that you can share that have, they all to me are like healing and loving, right? But they then are. they do have certain, certain kind of skill sets or specialties, yeah. I should say, that they lean into. So what are some of the other ones? Yeah, I love that you say that because in some ways it's an oversimplification to be like, this archangel does this and this archangel does that. But it's also the message that I get is it's the way that their frequency alchemizes with angelic, with human frequency, that that's what they kind of help us with. But um, so Archangel Raphael has been a really powerful archangel um, through COVID and everything. Actually, when I got COVID, I asked Archangel Raphael and like imagine their healing emerald light around my heart space and my fever broke. So that was like really a powerful experience. Um you know, I always say I'm not a doctor and with medical stuff, take care of yourself, but the yes. spiritual can only help, you know, exactly. the spiritual can mm -hmm. only help. And so that was a very powerful one. Archangel Michael, of course, is just a pillar of strength and support, protection, great archangel. If anything I said in the beginning freaked you out to work with. And then honestly, Archangel Jophiel has been coming through a lot recently. 
so many people have lost their light in this hard time period. And Archangel Jophiel has this beautiful sunflower yellow energy around them. I don't believe that the archangels have gender, so I call them they, them. Um, And Archangel Jophiel is all about growing towards the sun, finding your light no matter where you are, finding the beauty in your exact circumstances and is like so powerful. I loved that angelic presence. To be honest, all of them, I love all of the archangels and also my own personal angels, which I find my own personal angels since I was a comedy writer. They have a sense of humor. They kind of have this like playful energy. They make me laugh all the time. Um, So yeah, I mean. They communicate with you in the way that you want to be communicated with or maybe that you do it on your own too, right? Yeah. And they communicate a lot through emotion because I'm a very Mm -hmm. emotional person. (laughs) And um, when the archangels come in, it's more like their colored healing light coming through. And that's how I know who it is. Everybody has a different relationship with the archangels depending on their own energy, their own psychic skills. And for me, it's seeing their color energy. I also do healing meditations once a month with some of my community members with a different archangel for different things. And that's definitely a way that you get to know their energy. And it's true. Some of them are like, more long-winded. Some of them are like of lesser words. Some are kind of like, they all are different, but yeah, it's, it's beautiful working with them. Yeah. The ones I haven't been working with as much in the past, but have been showing up are Ariel and Uriel too. And for the healing and the protection, because we tend to, or at least I have always tended to gravitate more, more towards Michael for protection and then healing for Raphael, but they all work in tandem together. So starting to kind of understand who they are and how they show up, I think is very helpful for for individuals. Like you don't have to go by what I say or what Taylor says or anything else. It's really about being able to make your own connection and distinguish, again, how they communicate and or show up for you. And then like with, I love the miracle uh, journal that you mentioned, because then like what I also suggest to people is start to like try and maybe work with one and then for a couple days and then write things down. And then later when something similar happens, you look back and you're like, oh, that that was that angel or that archangel or whatever. And you'll start to see the patterns repeat. And then that's how you know and sense that that's who it is that's coming into your energy field, right? Yeah, totally, totally. And you can also ask and invite in a particular archangel. Mm-hmm. Um, on my Instagram, I have like all of the archangels and a little prayer you can say to call each one in. And so... um yeah, you can literally just be like, I really want to work with Archangel Cop Camuel. I'm really calling in divine love to me. Picture their healing pink light, meditate, focus on them, invite them in. You can even build a little angelic altar with things that remind you of your angels or bring you joy or a photo or a crystal that every time you want to meditate by it or look at it, it reminds you of them. You can have fun and get creative. Yes, yes. That's actually, you know what? I need to probably start to do that. <laughs> I feel like it's nice. It's it's nice to have almost like a physical representation, right? Like, and or maybe uh, what I'm getting is if you have angel cards or some of those 
Oracle cards, you can also kind of pull those up and see them, you know, in front of you and have yeah. it like that. I am also uh, feeling led to ask this question. I, I know the answer, but for the listeners out there, people that will say that angels or archangels are a bad energy and really we shouldn't be communicating and it's really all about God and God's the only thing. What do you say about that? Oh, man. <laughs> so that really, if you're getting mean messages, if you're getting messages that are not from love, then it's not your angels. So I think that, you know, angels' voices are always loving. They're always helpful. Even if they're delivering a tough message or helping you navigate a tough time, it's always oriented towards helping you move forward towards the highest path towards guiding you towards lifting you up um and so this is a really just a tough question everybody has their own beliefs and i think that being here on earth we're almost all tuned into like different radio stations like some people like country some people like rap some people like pop and so if you really resonate with a certain religion and that helps you and that gets you on your highest path, then that's beautiful. But what I don't abide is projecting fear or hatred or negativity onto other people's beliefs, especially people working with angels and connecting with the highest good because literally fear, hate, negativity is the inverse frequency to angels. It can't exist in their field. And so I think that that is kind of this archaic, Mm -hmm. witch hunt type of energy, which is so uncomfortable and so unfortunate that it still exists. But I also find, luckily, that I get less of that on my path. Maybe just the word angel is why. But yeah, that's that's a really tough energy. And it's more about their consciousness than whoever they're talking to. And it's also more about their capacity to even understand uh, the angelic realm than, than anything else. Yeah, no. And thanks for sharing that because I occasionally will get people not directed to me, but they will ask me questions like, well, about angels and crystals and it's the devil's work or it's the set or the other. And there's that fear that is being instilled and put on them. And that's always the message that I have is that, you know, or at least I've been getting from my higher self and from, you know, universal source, which is as long as your intention is pure and where you're coming from and what it is that you're aligning or, or trying to do, that's the point of it all and how you get there, right? At least that's that's me and how you get there in a non-judgment standpoint is really the the path that all of us should be looking at is what somebody else is doing is, is none of my business and also not to come at it from a place of ego or fear or whatever that looks like. And also I like to ask people who benefits from us being disconnected? Who benefits from us having to go to someone who speaks to God for us? Who benefits from that? Because truly, even when I was younger and going to temple, I was so frustrated in temple when the rabbi would speak for me or we would do group prayer. And I was like, that's not what I'm saying. I don't even know what these prayers are saying. Like I can speak to God or goddess or the divine or the universe individually Nature is truly my temple. And I always felt that even when I was a kid, I was so like antsy in my seat, feeling like I was being prayed for instead of me doing it myself. And so I think that we have been 
stripped and sanitized so much in this society, starting from like the puritanical era of our own power, our own connection. And we've been reduced to these consumers, to these takers, instead of really realizing how powerful we are. And I think that so many people are waking up. Like truly, they try to take women and female energy and just reduce us down to laborers, baby makers, and consumers. And that is just the biggest slap in the face to who we really are if we can remember. And I think that those comments and trying to scare people by saying, oh, you know, this is all evil and, you know, God is love and this is love. And so there is this sense of not letting yourself get taken down by fear because there are tests on this path, but truly it's all about love. So I agree with you. If do whatever you want, don't, I don't really see any angelic intuitives trying to push their religion or their beliefs on anyone else. And so that's all I'll say. Yeah, absolutely. And also the fact that it is about empowerment. So, and I would say the same about any institutions, religion, government, or other academia too, that would say who benefits from any sort of fear-based agenda, but also other people, practitioners, and psychics out there that will say, well, you need to come to me for this, and you need to do these things, or this, that, the other. I mean, really, again, and I've said this before on the podcast, but being able to awaken on your own and feel the light that's within you and know that you're empowered and that you have resources and tools and community however you want to explore that and experience it is totally up to you, but it's not up to another individual. It's really up to yourself. 100%. I completely agree. (laughs) Well, Taylor, we've covered so many things about angels. I could talk to you for many, many more episodes, but I know you're super booked all the way up until 2024. How can people reach you? And also, is there any other things that you wanted to kind of share that we weren't able to in our time together? Yeah, thank you. No, though we we covered so much and I'm so excited to connect with anybody who resonated with this episode. Um I I also just want to say like to your note of psychics who stimulate fear and are like you have a curse on you and only I can release it and all of that. That is like the exact same thing as the fearful people on the other side. And like so oftentimes we're just all mirrors for each other on like the exact opposite spectrums. And that's all separation. And so I think with that, like wherever you're getting, and I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast has discretion and might, you know, have a little more experience in this world. I don't know, but really be careful of who you trust your energy with, like in this space. I just want to say that. Um, But yeah, you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is at angels and amethyst. There's underscores in between. So at angels underscore and underscore amethyst. There are so many imposter accounts pretending to be me. I have to say that on every podcast I go on now. And, um, you know, they'll add an extra T. They'll add a number one at the end. Just it's I only have one Instagram and they can't copy my highlight reels. So you can tell they can't copy my stories or my highlight reels or my engagement. And I have like 800 posts or something on mine. <laughs> so there's that. Um, my website is angelsandamethyst.com. 
my wait list does go actually probably into 2025 at this point, but it, uh, I do have an offering once a month called Earth Angel Club and there are limited spaces available, but part of the perks of it is that you do get priority registration with me. We go through a guided meditation with a specific archangel. Uh, I give an astrological and energy update for the month. And then I do a group reading at the end um, where everybody gets a question. And if you don't get to it live, then um, I'll give you an email reading. And then I also am launching a new course. I'm not sure when this is coming out, but it's a mini course all about finding love in your birth chart. And um, astrology is also something that I'm very passionate about as well as being an angelic intuitive. And I think the two complement each other really well. And so this is all about how to find love in your birth chart, how to understand your birth chart more when it comes to your divine love blueprint, and also how to understand the chart of whoever you're dating or whatever romantic partner. And then I also have a Be Your Own Angelic Intuitive course that has so many more practical tools and tips. And it's all about learning to work with oracle cards and also develop your psychic senses to connect with angels specifically. So that's a really great place to start. And code 333 gets you $33 off for that. Wow, you're busy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I will definitely, well, I'll follow you. So for anyone else that wants to know on a psychic story, I only follow the people who have been on this show. So like if you ever want to double check, even though people not may, may not be all verified, I only do that. So you can also double check. I'll be sure to follow you and include all of this in the show notes and on the website and everything. And just want to say thank you so much for what you do. And always a pleasure to meet some somebody that's also angel mind has an angel mindset like I do because I love them they're so very near and dear to my heart and help me and so many others and appreciate what you do so thank you for being on thank you so much for having me I really enjoyed this thank you for listening to a psychic story be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram Facebook or Twitter all episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychic story.com have a question Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a psychic story.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win.